Good morning, and thank you for starting your day with Six Pack, the Scotty Six Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the top stories in Wisconsin sports every single day. Plus, we do it in less time than it takes to complete your morning commute. I'm your host, Kedrick Stoveris, and I also write the Scotty Six Pack daily newsletter, which you should subscribe to at the link in this podcast description. That's scottysixpack.substack.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Scotty Six Pack or follow me at Kedrick Stoveris. Today, we're giving a lot. We're talking Green Bay Packers. Where is Aaron Rodgers headed? Do the Milwaukee Brewers have the top prospect in all of baseball? The Milwaukee Bucks, they are on track to gain some ground in the Eastern Conference after losses by the Celtics and the Nets last night. What do they have to do tonight to make that happen? And some Wisconsin hockey preview for this weekend, as well as checking back in and recapping last night's UW-Milwaukee game as they attempt to come back from a 24-point deficit and bringing it down to uh, single digits in the final minute. But first, Aaron Rodgers' watch. Nathaniel Hackett has been hired by Jets. Um, as everyone has been talking about speculation on where Aaron Rodgers is going to head next, it's been running absolutely rampant. The Jets have been linked to Aaron Rodgers in various reports. And now they just hired Nathaniel Hackett to be their next offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett, of course, was the offensive coordinator at Green Bay for the first three years of the Matt LaFleur era. And in that time, the Packers made two NFC Championship games and made uh, Aaron Rodgers the MVP twice. Um, after that, he was hired by the Denver Broncos last offseason as their head coach, of course, being unceremoniously fired. Um, just after one season. Last offseason, many speculated that part of the reason that Denver hired Nathaniel Hackett was to lure Rodgers to the Broncos in a trade. Don't really know how real that is, of course, because the Packers still would have had to agree to trade uh, Aaron Rodgers to Denver, but maybe the New York Jets are trying the same strategy. And someone asked Jets head coach Robert Sala that exact question this uh, after announcing the hire of Nathaniel Hackett and Sala denied bringing up any individual names with Hackett. Personally, I tend to find a little less than fully believable, but despite saying he didn't bring up any individual, any specific names, he did say that Sala, at least, I don't know what the personnel side of the Jets organization thinks, but Sala wants to bring in veteran quarterback for the organization. He did say to then, you know, keep Zach Wilson and let him develop, but uh, I think there is a much better chance that the Jets will move on from Zach Wilson if they can get Aaron Rodgers in a trade. Uh, on the hardwood, as I mentioned, the Celtics and the Nets both lost last night, both teams that are contending for some of the top four spots in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. And so now the Milwaukee Bucks, they are looking to hold on to third place and maybe jump up over the 76ers, who have a half-game lead. Uh, and get themselves in second place. Uh, 76ers are not playing tonight, so the Bucks would move into a tie with the 76ers for second place with the victory tonight over the Indiana Pacers. The Bucks, of course, are 31-17. Uh, they're 12-12 on the road, and they're going to play on the road uh, against the Indiana Pacers. We're now 24-26. They were fully in the thick of the playoff picture, but now they are ninth in the Eastern Conference and really in the middle of that. Uh, play-in tournament range after losing eight of their last nine games. Uh, included in there is a seven-game losing streak. Uh, the Bucks are going to play in the 76ers, or sorry, the Bucks are going to play the Pacers tonight at 6 p.m. Central, and you can watch that on Valley Sports Wisconsin. As for the matchup itself, 
Uh, Milwaukee looks to be a near its version of full strength uh, on the injury front. Of course, Bobby Portis and Serge Baca are not playing, um, but Bucks fans have been welcome to sight on the injury report. There is no Chris Middleton listed. Not listed as probable, not listed as questionable, not listed as out. Chris Middleton is apparently the healthiest he has been all season, which is incredible. Uh, Ricky Marjan Bochamp, as well as AJ Green, are questionable, and Giannis, still listed with his right knee soreness, is probable to play tonight. Uh, the Pacers, on the other hand, are still without Tyrese Halbert, who suffered a knee and elbow injury uh, in a game against the New York Knicks, and he has not played uh, since January 11th, and that has been the main cause of the Pacers' concerns. He's a 20 points per game player, and... The Pacers lost the game that Tyrese Halliburton got injured in to the New York Knicks and then proceeded to lose uh, another six games after that. Uh, that's their seventh game losing streak that they had suffered, uh, of course. And one of those losses was to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks held out 76 first half points in that game. It was not a lot of fun. Uh, I was at that game and it was very frustrating to watch. Uh, them just give up a bunch of points to a team without its leading scorer, of course. Uh, but the Bucks trailed by as many as 13 points. It's not like they weren't scoring overall. They did still score 60. Uh, they did still score a slew of points in the first half, uh, but they just failed to get any stops whatsoever. But ultimately won uh, by 13, 132 to 119. And that was Drew Holiday's uh, signature performance thus far this season, scoring. 35 points. That's the season high for him as Giannis and Chris Middleton both uh, sat bench with their respective injuries. So we'll see what this game looks like tonight. Pacers are not in good shape. They really need a win, uh, but they are on the injury front while Milwaukee is getting a little bit healthier while they figure out what to do uh, with Bobby Portis out of the lineup, hopefully temporarily. Elsewhere in Milwaukee sports, the Milwaukee Brewers had three of their prospects named to MLB Pipeline's Top 100. Uh, the Top 100 prospects in baseball were released last night, at least as per MLB Pipeline, is part of a TV special on the MLB Network. And the MLB Pipeline previewed this list with positional previews throughout the week. We talked about the uh, outfield prospects, the, the Top 10 outfield prospects in baseball yesterday. Of course, two of those prospects were Milwaukee Brewers, uh, that being Jackson Churio and Sal Frelick. And so those two were two of the top 100 uh, members to come from the Milwaukee Brewers organization, with the third being Joey Weaver. All of the three Brewers who made the top 100 cut were outfield prospects. Uh, Milwaukee is just chock full of talent in the outfield right now. Um, of course, the top prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers is Jackson Churio. He came in as the eighth overall prospect in all of baseball, and what is notable is that the seven prospects ahead of him are all expected to uh, join their major league clubs and exhaust their rookie contract eligibility this season. So, within a matter of months, Milwaukee is going to have the top prospect in all of baseball, and that is hugely 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 exciting uh again Sal Freilich also listed on there and then Joey Weimer who we didn't talk about if you want to hear me talk more about Jackson Churio or more about uh Sal Freilich check out yesterday's episode we talked about them a lot there uh but Joey Weimer came in as the 90th overall prospect in baseball 
uh, Weimer has the most highly rated arm out of the Churio, uh, Freilich, Weimer trio of these top three prospects for Milwaukee. Uh, the arm of Churio and uh, and Freilich are more question marks, but Weimer, he has a great arm. Uh, he could be a great outfielder with a huge arm there, uh, but he does have the most question marks at the plate. Uh, he has some power, but he has a strikeout problem. He has a swing and miss problem. He started last season at Double uh, A Biloxi and recorded a 30.2 strikeout rate. That rate did drop when he joined the AAA club in Nashville, down to 19.5%. So a really big drop down, but he's still striking out nearly 20% of the time at AAA, uh, which is really tough to see. And when he was promoted to AAA, uh, Across the season, his swing and miss rate was the 20th highest for batters with at least 400 minor league plate appearances. Uh, so, Weimer's more of a wild card. Weimer and uh, Freilich, of course, are supposedly expected to come up and get some big league playing time uh, this year, perhaps exhaust those rookie uh, contracts. But we'll see what they look like. Uh, a lot of these prospects who have strikeout issues at AAA and, of course, below really don't tend to pan out in, in the big leagues. That strikeout issue doesn't go away. Uh, Keston Hira is, of course, the most powerful example of that that uh, Milwaukee Forward fans can point to right now. Moving off of summer sports into winter sports, we got two series previews for Wisconsin Badgers hockey. Start with men, we're going to start with the women's team, and then we're going to talk about uh, the men's team and their upcoming series this weekend. Of course, we're going to start with the women's team uh, because they are ranked 8th in the country right now, uh, though that's lower than usual for the women's team. Uh, they still get a shot at the NCAA tournament, especially with it being the newly expanded field of 12 teams after last year they implemented that 12-team uh, format for the first time. And so now, Wisconsin plays at St. Thomas against the Tommies. Uh, Wisconsin lost five straight games, but then swept... Uh, Minnesota State last weekend, and so they're looking to get their third and fourth straight consecutive victories this weekend. Uh, tonight and tomorrow's games are both going to be played at 6 p.m. Central, and you can watch those on Week 10+. plus. Wisconsin and St. Thomas played in Madison earlier this season at La Bonaria, and Vandras notched two victories in those two games, winning both 5-0 and 9-1. Uh, St. Thomas has just two wins in WCHA play uh, this season, and their two conference victories came in a sweep over last place Bemidji State. Uh, the Tommies have also recorded a tie and then a shootout victory over Minnesota Duluth. Uh, the NCAA doesn't recognize shootout victories as actual wins. It goes in the NCAA record books as a tie, but the WCHA uh, awards an additional victory point for a shootout victory uh, in conference play. For the Tommies, there are not really many players to watch for. They don't really have high-flying leading scorers. Uh, their top, top goal scorer in the team league has seven goals, but I think the player to watch out for in this matchup is their sophomore defender, Maddie Clow. Uh, she highlights Tom's roster, in my opinion, uh, but while she's not necessarily an offensive-minded defender, she's not afraid to go out and try to find her spot on the stat sheet. Uh, she leads the team with 11 points, including five goals and six assists, and those are both tied for second on St. Thomas' roster. She also has recorded a team-leading 43 block shots of the season. On the men's side, uh, we got two teams occupying the bottom two spots in Big Ten play. It's a big matchup. Uh, 
while the Wisconsin Badgers face off against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Wisconsin is looking to get a series split in Big Ten play for the third straight weekend. If they do so, that would be the first time Wisconsin has won at least one game in three straight Big Ten series since the 2020-2021 season. They have failed to do that all year this year. They failed to do that in the first half of Big Ten play, and they failed to do that all last season. Uh, they have not done this since uh, December to January of 2020 and 2021. Uh, so it's been a long time since Wisconsin has had any kind of sustained success. Of course, Wisconsin has three Big Ten wins overall this year, and all three of those wins have come on Friday nights in conference play. Uh, Wisconsin has not yet been able to secure a sweep. They got a Friday night victory over Michigan. They got a Friday night victory over Ohio State. And then earlier this month, they did get a Friday night victory um, over Notre Dame. Wisconsin won that game 2 nothing, but then they fell 6-4 on Saturday. Uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame both have reliable starting goaltenders, and that was highlighted in this week's uh, Big Ten Conference uh, Men's Hockey Awards, where Jared Moe from Wisconsin and Ryan Bischel were both named the second and then the third stars of the week uh, by the Convoys. Moe, last week, stopped 47 of 48 shots when he played Ohio State overall last weekend, and Notre Dame split their series against Penn State last weekend. Bischel made 94 saves on 98 total shots, in those two games, and he stopped 52 shots in the Friday night game uh, to help Fighting Irish secure a victory. And of course, those 52 shots were a career high for Bischel. Uh, of course, goaltending is not necessarily the issue for the Wisconsin Badgers this season. It is their scoring output. Um, like I said, Jared Moe stopped 47 of 48 shots last weekend. Wisconsin got a shutout victory on Friday, but then even though Jared Moe only allowed one goal in that game, uh, Wisconsin was shut out on Saturday. So scoring being the name of the game here for Wisconsin. They need anything they can get from anyone. For the scoring output on the Notre Dame side, Notre Dame is led by a pair of fifth round NHL draft picks. They don't have anybody on their roster who is drafted any higher than the third round in the NHL draft. And those guys drafted in the third round are minor contributors. Uh, they got six points apiece. But they're really highlighted by these fifth-round draft picks, Ryder Rolson and Trevor Janicki, who have each recorded 17 points on the season. That is tied for the team high. Janicki has the team lead in goals. Uh, he has eight. Brother also interestingly plays for the team. But Rolson is always a threat to find the back of the net. He is only behind Trevor Janicki's goal total by one. And according to College Hockey News, uh, Ryder Rolston has 88 shots on goal this season, and that's the 15th most in the country. He shoots early, he shoots often, he is hunting his goals. Both of Ryder and Trevor scored once in uh, their series against Penn State last weekend, and Trevor Janicki scored twice in Notre Dame's previous victory over Wisconsin when they split that uh, series. Now, let's top off the six-pack this morning. UW-Milwaukee, they were down 24 points, they made it a single-digit game with less than one minute remaining against Bright State, but they fell too far behind too early, and they lost despite scoring 60 points in the second half. Milwaukee Panthers had this chance to knock off Wright State two different times. They trailed huge this season to Wright State. They trailed by as many as 16 earlier when they got Wright State at home, and they came all the way back to force overtime and took 
a lead early in overtime, but it wasn't enough and lost. This time, they fell behind early. They trailed by as many as 24 points. They trailed by 24 points in the second half and came all the way storming back to force it to be a single-digit game, but couldn't finish it at the very end. Those early leads that they have given up have just doomed the Milwaukee Panthers against Wright State, who just seems to have their number early on in games. Uh, head coach Bart Lundy said, at the end of the day, we gave up 93 points, turned the ball over 18 times, and got out rebounded. You can't win that way. And yeah, that's true. You really can't win that way. That's really, really, really hard. It, it's blunt, but it's accurate. Uh, Milwaukee trailed at half to 47 to 26. They trailed at half by 21. Like I said, they trailed by as many as 24. Milwaukee turned the ball over 19 times in the game. 15 of those turnovers came in the first half. And in the first half, Milwaukee shot with meager 37.5% of the field and made only two of its 13 three-point attempts. Uh, in the second half, Milwaukee improved a lot. Of course, they scored 60 points in the second half, but it just wasn't enough. Milwaukee scored 46.3% of its field goal attempts from the in the second half, and they attempted 11 more field goals than the Raiders in the second half. Milwaukee made 8 of its 19 three-point attempts in the second half. That's about 42.1% of its three-point attempts. For reference, Utah State, which has the best three-point shooting percentage in the country, they are shooting 42.1% from three on the season. So Milwaukee came back and shot like the best three-point team in the country in the second half. But because the Panthers fell behind too early, they just could not catch up. B.J. Freeman, of course, is performing at an elite level uh, in the Verizon League right now. He is the Milwaukee Panthers' lead to score. He had a game high, 26 points, and managed to bring it down to the wire in this game. Uh, Milwaukee redshirt sophomore and Barkeith Browning second. He had a three to make it a 10-point game going into the last media timeout, going in with four minutes left to go. Uh, but ultimately, Panthers made it. 81-86 game with 105 remaining, five-point game. That's as close as the margin was going to get down the stretch. Milwaukee didn't have any room for error going that way. When you fall behind 24 points, and it's a 10-point game with four minutes to go, you really just need to make everything in front of you at that time. And Milwaukee made only five of its final 13 shots from the field at Red State. They made enough free throws to win it. They didn't make all of them, but they made plenty along the way. So up next for UW-Milwaukee is a game at league leading now, Northern Kentucky, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central. Uh, Milwaukee won their first matchup against the Northern Kentucky Norse, 80-75. to uh, That game being played in Milwaukee, of course. And... They were tied atop the Verizon League, and so now Milwaukee is not going to go to play to hopefully get sole possession of first place, like they would have been if they would have defeated Wright State last night, but now they gotta go and win at Northern Kentucky tomorrow to stop themselves from falling two games behind the lead, and they need to go and win to get a share of the lead back again. Well, that's all for today's edition of the Scotty Six Pack. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Kedrick Stubberis, Wisconsin. <laughs>